Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know, ever since I started the show, I've uh, I've gotten questions all the time about who to bet on, who do I bet with. Obviously, we're a sports podcast, but I don't always know who's going to win, but I do know where you should bet. And I think you should know this by now. I've listened to the show. The answer is my bookie. Between their live in-game betting, their endless props, their fantasy sports wagers, there's something there for everybody. Uh, the best player perks in the sportsbook business, they've been good to us, and we know they'll be good to you. So we're hooking our listeners up all month. Visit mybookie.ag. Use promo code SHARKS, S-H-A-R-K-S, the new code, guys. So make a note of that when creating your account and claim your 50% uh, bonus. So if you're laying down $100, that means you got an extra $50 to play with now. Uh, it's a great deal, guys. I know I've talked in past ads about all the different stuff on there. From you know Game of Thrones, esports, obviously NBA playoffs are going on, NHL playoffs. Uh, so check all that stuff out. So just remember, head on over to mybookie, m y b o o k i e dot a g promo code sharks. You play, you win, you get paid. It's that simple. All right, so I got another sponsor to talk to you about this uh, this week, guys. Um, our newest friends from SeatGeek. Uh, let them take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping for dozens of different online sites trying to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals for your favorite game, concert, show, and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot marks great deals, yellow dot means good deals, and a red dot, not so good. So go over to SeatGeek, use promo code ACAA at checkout, Receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. So what are you waiting for? Uh, Again, that's promo code ACAA. $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. All right, guys. Let's get on to the show. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark, your weekly dispatch from the dystopian reality that is Ole Miss Athletics. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Joining me this week, just like every week, I got my co-host, John Stefanjic, with me. How you doing, buddy? What's up? Oh, everybody, an apology. I said everything would be just fine against Kentucky, mm. and I turned out, that turned out to be a pile of fake news. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> it's... attention to this team than me, basically nailed it. Two lefties, seven-inning doubleheader Sunday. Um, kick Bianco in the nuts. It's PTSD for all of us, almost baseball fans. Can't deal with lefties. So right, it's your end double headers, no less. Uh, well, I appreciate I appreciate that. Uh, thank you for giving me credit for I did I did for once correctly predict. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't a good prediction for Ole Miss, but yeah, just like we talked about last week on the show, um, weather issues last week. Um, and uh, you know, couple that with, I think the stupidity of the, of the SEC office for whatever reason, they wouldn't let Ole Miss play a doubleheader on Friday. I don't, I assume Ole Miss tried that. I don't know, but the rule is if you have to play games two and three on Sunday, they are only seven inning games. Uh, and Kentucky 
pretty much sacrificed um, some some starter in game one. They lost like eight to two or so, and they they held their best two options, including their their like kind of staff ace who pitched in game three. Uh, and both guys were able to get super deep into those games, those seven inning games. Um, it's frustrating because, yeah, like John said, um, Ole Miss has struggled against lefties, and we can talk more about that as time goes on. I'm sure. I mean, it's kind of a pretty big weakness right now um, is is being able to have such a quote unquote potent offense that can get shut down um, by lefties the way that they have lately. But then also um, the fact that they were able to go so long into the game, like proportionally said, it was only seven innings, Joe. But Ole Miss uh, made some noise late in both of the games. Um, you really kind of got the feeling that if they had a couple extra innings. Uh, the, 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 could have turned out differently. It had some, some bad luck, I guess you could say late, late in those games. I think it was in the third game. Uh, and, and first of all, you know, it, it definitely all goes back to like the, the Tennessee tech type experience where after losing that first game, you just knew that, you know, they probably mentally weren't going to be in a great place for game three, knowing they were going in against, you know, supposedly one of the better, left-handed pitchers in the country at least from what people were saying really good on paper obviously as well and I mean he, he did look good he, he wasn't unbeatable I thought Ole Miss did a pretty good job of elevating his pitch count um but still just just couldn't get it done in those those shortened games uh it's it's not the end of the world by any stretch and it's it's the SEC even the quote-unquote worst teams in the league like Kentucky um still obviously like pretty good at the end of the day I think there's still like a top 50 RPI team um, probably especially now they're taking a series off of Ole Miss, but you know you got to turn around. Got a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series this week against uh, Auburn. Are recording this here on Tuesday night. They're currently playing Memphis in Oxford. It looks like it is zero zero right now in the third inning. Uh, Zach Phillips got the start for Ole Miss. Um, yeah, finally, I'm I'm fine with using Zach Phillips as a Midweek starter, thank you, Bianca, for not trying to force him into some sort of a leverage role like when he can actually do damage. So, whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much I really have, like, takeaway-wise well, from um, the, the way that that Kentucky series went other than, sadly, it kind of turned out the the way that I thought was possible um, when it came to them back into the series on a, on a one-day, two-seven-game I don't think there's a lot to talk about, frankly. This team's proven they – they seem to play better against good teams. Yeah, um, it does yeah, seem that way. Yeah. Auburn and A and M the next couple of weeks to to kind of prove that trend. I mean, don't get swept at Auburn. I think mm-hmm. that's a pretty simple directive, mm-hmm. and we'll just kind of see how it plays out. Yeah, um, and I mean, just like sweeping Florida can pretty much completely take the bad taste of that North Alabama loss out of your mouth. If they go on the road and find a way to win the series at Auburn, um, they're they're right back where they need to be. And I mean, the other thing about it, John, is uh, they they still finished the first half of the SC schedule at nine and six. Um, the way Jacob Threadgill put it to me when we were talking was, you know, they won a game they shouldn't have won against Florida. They lost a game they shouldn't have lost against Kentucky. Um, but at the end of the day, still like they they haven't been swept yet. They did get one sweep. I think any of us would have signed up for nine and six at the no, beginning yeah. of the season. Just wouldn't necessarily thought it would be nine and six this way, you know? Yeah. It's a nine and six that makes you say they're capable of beating anyone. They're also, you know, mm-hmm. we'll see. It'll we'll be see interesting. They can get in their own way a little bit. But yeah, you mentioned Auburn and then A and M, both both series against ranked teams, but not like foregone conclusions by any stretch. But then uh, I think you get 
LSU after that. Uh, yeah, at LSU, which don't forget, guys, John has predicted a, a series win at LSU first yeah, time in Fox. We already said that. 30 years uh, or, or, or something, however long it's been. And then you get uh, Mississippi State um, in Oxford, May 10th, 11th, and 12th. Um, and then you finish the, the season with Tennessee. Um, so, yeah, uh, they're, they're – no, no reason to panic. That's that's for sure. Um, but if you look back oh. at recent history, they're still in much better shape than two, two, three weeks ago when they were going into uh, Fayetteville. We were all convinced they were about to get sacrificed to the Hogs. Um, that that Missouri team still, I know, I talk about it every week, but they're still very interesting to me, especially for a team that um, can't play in the play in the in the postseason. Uh, they continue to uh, kind of get play hard, I guess. Um, they they took a series off of LSU this week. I think that was very unexpected. I wonder if they're kind of like that episode of South Park where they're all celebrating like the end of baseball, se- little league baseball season. Oh, and they can they keep winning. I think I have seen that one actually. Yep, it's pretty funny. Um, what was I gonna? Oh, so the weather kind of screwed up Ole Miss, but it uh-huh. led to the Masters being complete earlier than normal on Sunday, which. I don't know if you watched any of it. it. Was quite entertaining. I didn't. I didn't have to watch any of it. It was inescapable to uh, to kind of keep up with it. It was everywhere. So, please continue. So, what did you think of Tiger winning? Um. So, Gee. it's fine. It's fine. I did see a tweet that I thought I kind of agree with. I guess like I would always cheer for an underdog, someone that's never won it before and or someone that is is like a good person right but at the same time i understand the whole uh coming back from all the injuries he's had it's been a super long road back for him that part of the redemption arc is fine um but still i, I don't think he's necessarily like i, I think he's getting a little bit too much credit. i think a lot of it has to do with nostalgia and you know we we were he was so good when we were kids and now you know we're older and he's like done it again that's cool um, but it, it wasn't really that important to me. It wasn't a huge deal to me. So sorry if that's blasphemy. I know um, not many people hold that opinion. No, it's, it's, it's a very fair opinion. But it was, I mean, from a kind of a more much more of a golfer standpoint, it was classic Augusta. Um, four guys in the last uh, four of the last six players to play the twelfth hole, which has short par three with a creek in front of it. Mm-hmm. Hit it in the water, which was remarkable. Wow! Was yeah. Really, and basically, what happened is they they had a like the front like a, a squall in front of that line of storms was coming through Augusta, mm-hmm. and basically hit. And the way this hole set up, like in the corner of the course, I mean, the wind completely fooled everyone. Tiger managed to he hit hit the green, two putted, got up there, and then basically just kind of in a lot of ways out did what he's supposed to do down the stretch and more or less outfoxed everybody. And he, um, I mean, I think a lot of the reason I mean, I find myself wanting tiger to win is it's, is in part to what kind of what you said, it's kind of an, as much of an appreciation for how trying to really appreciate how dominant he was at one point. Mm. And then two, just, he was, it's been such a, it's been such a saga what's happened to him. Sure. that to get to the stage where he's back and look, the quality of field and the depth of the field now compared to 15 years ago, mm-hmm. isn't even comparable. 
this whole because basically Tiger just did a, too many things he did. One, he made it cool to play golf to where you have athletes choosing to play golf now as opposed to kind of everybody on the PGA Tour just kind of a, a byproduct, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a couldn't play another sport. You've got legitimate athletes out there. And two, the amount of what he's done for prize money on the PGA Tour is remarkable. Um, just as a reference point, I think he when he won his first Masters in 97, he won $400,000. Uh, he got two million bucks for winning, more or less two million bucks for winning this weekend. So yeah, there's inflation in there, but he mm-hmm. is. But that's a lot. A, that's a lot more than the rate of inflation. Yeah. So it was cool. It was something um, to kind of think about how that all unfolded and came together it was really interesting. And it was a now everybody's going to be like, well, can he t- catch Jack Nicholas? Whatever. We we got a moment we didn't think we'd see it. So, what in, in total majors or in masters or what specifically? Uh, total majors, I guess. But, well, yeah. how many? How many does Jack Nicholas have? He has eighteen. Tiger's got fifteen now. Oh, okay. Well, then seems like he could. How many more years do you think Tiger can, can play uh, at a high level? Still not great, but it's at least semi-functional now. Hmm. We'll have to see. Interesting question. Yeah, huh? something to watch. I've met Jack Nicholas before. I got a Jack Nicholas autograph. Cool. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. the Masters. That's the Masters. Um, let's see what else Any, is going on. Uh, hockey or the NBA? Yeah, hockey or NBA. I was gonna say. Um, I I did not really watch NBA, but I was at the grocery store on Sunday, and there was a guy walking around watching the Thunder game on his phone and I asked him what the score was. So in a way I felt like I was uh I was I was following, keeping up with that. Um let's see, the the Clippers took a game off the Warriors, right? That series is one one now. That's exciting. Cousins is out for the playoffs. That'll be Has somewhere. he played much this season? Am I wrong? Or was he injured played before? a fair amount. Oh he did, um, okay. I don't think it's just a huge the end of the world or anything, but well, obviously they're pretty deep. <sighs> yeah, let's see. I'm pulling up the rest of these games here. Um, the 76ers came back and beat the Nets in Game Two, right? I think they had lost the first game. Game One, that was a bit of a surprise. I think right. Mines. Uh, the Magic took Game One against Toronto. They're playing Game Two right now. That, yeah, that is a surprise to me. Um. The Celtics won ugly on Sunday. Celtics are the most dysfunctional damn team with all that talent. It's, yeah, eighty-four to seventy-four. That's not an NBA score. Yeah, the uh, the Celtics make um, thirteen Ole Miss with Buckner and all those guys look yeah. hard to do. I see, and then I mentioned the Thunder game. Trailblazers won one hundred four to ninety-nine. Um, the Spurs beating the Nuggets, that's kind of unexpected, right? The Nuggets have had a great season. Popovich and Aldridge mm-hmm. and those guys, I wouldn't say it's a huge. I mean, Nuggets have had a great season, but from a playoff perspective, I don't think it's a sure. shocking result. Um, I don't know, and they just scored to go up 3-1. Have you paid any attention to the – to the? Uh, we can come back to the NBA. The hockey, the, uh, no. So Tampa Bay had a historic regular season, second most points ever, tied for the most outright wins ever. Like mm-hmm. I think it's 64 out of 80, 80 or 82 games. They are down 3 nothing to the in, in the series. 
to the eight seed Columbus Blue Jackets, and they're now down three one in the second period of Game Four in Columbus. Well, so this is the deciding game. Yeah, they are literally looking like they're going to get swept here. That is insane. How much time is left in the game? We've got about thirteen thirty-two in the second period. It's on CNBC. If you have any wow. interest, it's in on that. CNBC. CNBC, yeah, because the uh, the Islanders and the Penguins, the bigger markets, are on NBC Sports Network. Hmm. So. Wow, that is, yeah, that is crazy. Um, I'm trying to think of other examples. Well, obviously that that brings to mind the uh, the 2018 Ole Miss Rebel baseball team, <laughs> historic regular season, uh, won the SEC tournament, and then just uh, you know shit the bed in the in the playoffs. So. Um, other other professional analogs, I'm not sure, but um, that's that's juicy. Um, the thing, the eight seed is always always has a shot at doing something in hockey, versus not really in the NBA. Hmm. I wonder why that. Why, I wonder why that is. Just because it's a lower scoring sport, like it's possible to to pull off those I, upsets. It's a completely different sport in the playoffs and the regular season. They're out there and um. You know, I mean, they'll check each other and everything, but they're not trying to mm. beat the shit out of each other. In the playoffs, they go out there, and it, the, the level – here's a better way of saying it. The, lev, the difference in physicality levels between the regular season and postseason has a tremendous impact on, okay. on how hockey games are played, et cetera. That makes you want to watch. Like some, some 19-year-old kid from the Hurricanes last night uh, challenged Alex Ovechkin, the Capitals captain, yeah. to a fight. And Ovechkin literally knocked his ass out on the ice. The guy was out cold. For oh, like, my God. And Ovechkin got a five-minute fighting penalty and then came back in the game. I mean, that's <laughs> that's hockey. Yeah. That's, that is interesting that they're they're much more physical in the playoffs. I've never heard that before about hockey. Ovechkin it's, KO, suggested surge. Nice. Yeah. Um, let's see. I got my bookie up here trying to see if we got any interesting odds for any of these sports we're talking about. Not really. Um, where do we, where do we get from here, John? What do we talk about? Uh, we already talked about spring football last week and the Grove Bowl. It's over now. What? I said, you sound tired. You sleep. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I'm yawning a lot. Yeah. I had a little unplanned nap before that, before this. I think that's my problem waking myself back up from it but yeah i did i, I i'm not gonna have any uh any coffee it's like 7 20 p.m so we'll be okay we'll make it through there you go no need for uh a nighttime coffee um yeah i mean almost i mean if we go through our old miss top basketball seems to be plodding along didn't they get some bandy player yeah i forgot about that yeah um austin crowley uh, I think we talked about him on the show in the past, but um, he was signed by Bryce Drew, who's like four-star hybrid kind of guard, from what I can tell. Like he can run the point, he can score uh, as a shooting guard. He's like six-five, which is really nice size for uh, for a guard. I mean, if if Andy Kennedy got a six-five guard, we'd all be like amazed by that. But that kind of seems like makes sense for Kermit to recruit like that. Um, yeah, like I said, he was, he was committed to Drew when they fired him. He asked for his release from Vanderbilt. Um, I don't know if you were paying attention at all around the end of the season, like Blake Henson was talking about, 
Um, like how old Miss recruiting has gotten a lot easier with the season they had after going to the tournament and all. And he was saying like, there was this kid that we wouldn't pay attention to us at all, but now he's really listening. And that was, that was Crowley. They both went to, uh, the same school. I think it was Sunrise Christian, the school where Saez, Saez went to, I believe. I think that's all the same school. Um, and so friends with Henson, he's going to be, uh, it's going to be a good addition for sure. Also in basketball, um, not sure if we mentioned it last night, last week or not, but, um, Tyree and now as well, Devonte Schuler have both like entered the NBA draft doing that whole thing where you don't hire an agent. Um, you get feedback from teams and then you can still come back and still be eligible. And I'm, I think there's very, very high chance that is what turns out like to happen with those guys. I don't think that they're really thinking that they're going to be drafted this year. It's more just going through the process. Um, and then, you know, you can get feedback on what about your game you need to uh, improve. I know for Tyree, I think he's expected to be told he needs to play better defense um, since he's not really tall enough to play anything other than point guard in the NBA. He, he's going to need to play sound defense. And then I'm not sure what Schuler. I mean, other than I guess just – I mean, schuler has been pretty consistent, but he hasn't necessarily been like – the flashiest of offensive players uh, this season, more slow and steady. So I'll be interested to hear what kind of feedback he gets from NBA teams. But, you know, obviously hoping have both those guys back next year. Um, still need a couple more pieces um, for the team next year. Obviously trying to lock down someone to play like the five, um, Cy, the, the junior college guy. Oh, um, Nietzsche. Leave or did he yeah, Olenicek has is leaving. Yeah, I don't know if he's gonna transfer or go back and play in Poland. But yeah, he's gone. Um, processed a few other guys. Uh, I think. Well, I, I, Naylor, I'm pretty sure is gone. I'm not sure about Lou Rodriguez, and I think Franco Miller, who was injured this season, is still on the team for now. Um, but uh, you know, I, it's still possible. I think that other people could end up being processed or. Um, you know, we'll just have to see, but I think they have room for maybe two more signees. If I'm thinking sure, I know that there's room for, for Cy, the guy that people will talk about a lot. Um, the, the top junior college post player that's been recruited by a bunch of schools right now, but Ole Miss is really hoping to have him. I think they have a backup for him as well, but hoping, hoping to have him kind of step in immediately to fill that, uh, the role that's being vacated by, uh, Ola Nichek and Bruce Stevens next year. Um, and then we talked on the show about the class after that, guys like Sean Robinson and hopefully guys like Jamie and Brakefield, um, some some big names to watch in that class coming up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, things th- things are good still. Again, that remains, um, I guess, probably the, the pro- program people are most optimistic about right now, at least for men's sports. Um, I saw this on Red Cup earlier. I thought it was a funny idea. They have, like, a comprehensive Ole Miss power ranking where they rank everything going on like all the programs against each other and they have a softball number one and kylan becker number two so a softball player um for some background they say that she's hitting 439 with a 503 on base percentage the softball team is 30 and 11th they've won four out of five sec series uh and the one they didn't win was a split so really they're four oh and one in the sec which is pretty good um obviously the sec is a the best conference in, in softball, like, like it is for most women's sports. Um, so that's something to, to keep an eye on. I definitely come postseason, we'll be uh, probably checking in with the softball team. I, I don't, I like, I like watching a little softball here and there. 
Um, they have Kermit Davis number three, and Kermit Davis is recruiting number four. Uh, can't complain. Can't argue with that. They put Demarcus Gates at number five. John, I don't know if you saw. I think he got signed uh, by the Redskins at least for now, like going through camp and stuff like that. Um, which is which is good news for a guy that did a lot for bad teams that will Miss. That's kind of the leading tackler. What two years in a row? Um. Uh, at linebacker and then number six they have people screaming for thomas dillard to bat third which um yeah obviously actually dillard has kind of cooled off uh a little bit although he still has good numbers but he hasn't hit a home run in like almost a month now um i do think it would make more sense for, probably for him to be hitting third you could put keenan at fourth uh kind of switch around because right now you know the idea i think is dillard protects keenan you know keenan could protect dillard um whatever yeah. he let's see he is uh they say he's second in batting average first in on base percentage first in slugging percentage first in walks and tied for uh home runs with keenan like i mentioned so yeah i think you want to get him as many at bats as you can um and seventh place they had rich rodriguez tied with mike mcintyre um sure whatever um Wait, and how they somehow they have Ole Miss basketball like at number nine after already ranking Kermit Davis and Kermit Davis recruiting. So Ole Miss football at ten. So just really uh, not giving any, any love to the baseball team after uh, losing the back end of that series. But I respect it. I respect Red Cup for that. That's fine. Um, they say speaking of drafts, the NFL draft is nearly upon us. Ole Miss could have three players taken in the first round. Surely nothing bad happens when you have three players taken in the first round of the NFL draft. That's a little uh. A little history for listeners of this show. Um, throwback to uh, the pinnacle of Ole Miss football and, and also <laughs> one of the worst nights uh, the programs ever have. So, um, Oh, jeez. A.J. Brown worked is working out with the Patriots this week, apparently. Nice. He's a, he's a big – if you see his tweets, he, he loves the Patriots. He's always trying to, like, tweet at the Patriots and be like, you guys should take me. Uh, do you think that would be a good fit? Do you think you could see A.J. Brown fitting in with the Patriots? Yeah, I think he'd be a good fit there. The problem is he's not white, but other than that, yeah, I think it it could work out. Uh, what's his face? Kevin Hogan signed with somebody else. Oh, really? Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, they're they're clearing room for AJ. It makes sense. Uh, I saw also on Twitter that he was working out with uh with Jerry Rice, so that's pretty cool. That's cool. Um, I, I'm I think I'm most interested to see uh how far Greg Little falls. He's had kind of an interesting career. He he hasn't ever really, and for whatever reason, he's never really jumped off the page. He had an underwhelming combine. I think he was slower than people expected. Uh, but at the same time, I think he's always been like pretty reliable in his career at Ole Miss. He he hasn't like missed games due to injury. I mean, he's definitely on the field more than Tunsil was. Um, you know, obviously Tunsil is maybe more of a generational talent. It seems like Tunsil has longer arms. Uh, he. Was, he, he definitely got more press, I mean, for blocking guys like Miles Garrett and Tunsil's insane stats in college. But um, I, I don't know. I've also heard that Little could uh, end up being like a guard at the NFL level. Um, I'll just be interested to see what happens to him because he was a, a five-star coming out of high school when Freeze recruited him. He does seem like really a, a nice guy, so good luck to him. I hope, uh, I hope he gets drafted highly, maybe early in the second round or something uh, is maybe where he's being projected right now. Um, and then I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens to those guys in the later, the later early rounds. Obviously, I think Metcalf, uh, AJ Brown, and apparently, uh, 
Yeah, Dawson Knox. They're all surefire draft picks at this point from the from the coverage. I think Demarcus Lodge will probably be drafted uh, later on. Um, you know, maybe fourth round, something like that. But then guys like um, what's his face, the guy that ran the fastest forty at the at the combine, uh, the defensive player, um, Zedrick Woods. They'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Um, I'm trying to think who else. So I, you know, I don't think. Tommy will be drafted, but maybe he'll end up you know, signed with the team, probably. Um, oh, oh, guys like uh, guys like Javon Patterson. I, I think he'll probably be drafted. I mean, he's he's been, he was pretty good in his career at Ole Miss. Um, don't know what happens to somebody like a, a Sean Rollins. I have no idea. So, oh, does Javon Patterson get drafted? I I think so. Let me see if he's if he's rated in here right now. That'll be um, interesting. Does he get drafted? Let's see if he's on anybody's draft board. Draft is it next week? Yeah, I was about to look that up as well. Um, Nashville, yeah, uh, April twenty fifth. So yeah, it's about uh, nine days away. Starts a week from Thursday. Oh, uh, Thursday, yeah, yeah. Um, Javon Patterson, according to NFL dot com, has a better than average chance to make an NFL roster, graded at a five point oh seven. Um, that does not mean he'll get drafted. Uh, I mean, it feels like he's sixth round to undrafted. Yeah, but I could see, I could see him sneaking in. I think he's a. Uh, I think he had a pretty good career. And but again, would, he's he's always been consistent. I think he's a solid player. Yeah, I could see it working out for him. Um. Yeah, I can't I can't figure out where he falls in any of these mock drafts. Um, I do. Do you think you think Dawson Knox is gonna uh, live up to the hype at all in the NFL? Could he turn out to be a good player? I mean, we've actually seen him play. Whereas I think most of these draft scouts are just going purely yeah. off of how he looks. Stuck with him being a cowboy, and I gotta watch Dak throw the ball to him. Oh man, I'm just gonna be like, fuck this. Yeah, I, that, I mean, that would make a lot of sense. I think the cowboy fans are desperate for like a a white savior at tight end. Um, they're uh. Familiar with that. I think we paid Demarcus Lawrence. I'm looking that up right now. That's. But uh, if he does turn out to have a good career, obviously it'll be used as just more uh, more anti-Longo fodder. Do you think? Uh, I think Ben Garrett maybe said this. Someone, no, maybe McCready said this. Uh, somebody was telling me. Uh, do you think that Freeze actually hired Longo because he was expecting Longo to fail and he wanted to like swoop in and save the offense? I, I can see Freeze doing that. He, he was a psycho. That's the most logical Freeze thing I've Which heard. It's crazy. What, who 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 would do that? Like that level of self sabotage. Uh, uh, just what a what a weird guy. Hugh Freeze is a different cat. That's yeah, all he, he really is. Do you think? Uh, do you think it works out for him at Liberty? What's your What's your prediction? I think he'll win seven and nine games a year there. Well, it seems like plenty for Liberty. Yeah, he'll 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 be able to coach there. Hmm. I think he coaches there a while, personally. Hmm. Well, I think that's probably bad news for him. I think I'm sure he's not in his ideal world. I'm sure it's like a one or two year launching board. <laughs> the hell is going to hire him with all? No, I the... I agree. I agree. I mean, you know what? I can see. I can see. Stuff does not work out for Pruitt, and Tennessee tries to hire him in two years because they're desperate. That's I could see that. Um, 
other programs that I think could hire him in the SEC. Probably, I mean, that's probably about it. I don't. I mean, I don't think somewhere like South Carolina is going to debase themselves like that. I don't think Missouri would care to take that kind of a risk. Um, but yeah, dear God, help me if Ole Miss ever ever considers hiring him again. I hope we're never that stupid. <laughs> you think you think Ole Miss would hire? Him? I don't know, man. There's a still he's still popular with a certain segment of the fan base. Do we yeah, talk? I, speaking of, do we talk about Tuberville running for Alabama? State? Oh, no, I don't think we did. I'm not sure when that news came out, but yeah, I mean he's going to run against uh, against Doug Jones, right? I absolutely want to see Tommy Tuberville win that election. I think it'd be fucking hilarious. I, should, I want to. I want to have some debates. Um, is, is Tom, Tom, which I took down the tide. <laughs> yeah, as I say, is, is Tuberville still popular in Alabama? I guess so. Uh, half of the state loves him because he beat he beat right. Alabama. Think about that right now in the context of how dominant they are. That Tuberville uh, beat, bro. That's pretty crazy. Well, Doug Jones ain't never beaten Alabama. He only beat Roy Moore. That's like beating UAB. That's nothing. <laughs> I mean, a debate going. Doug Jones ain't never beat Alabama. I've beat Alabama six years in a row. Uh, I want. What is what is Tuberville's platform going to be? I have no idea. I have no idea what he's going to run on. That, it'll be interesting to see. Um, <laughs> Shit! Why not? What? So, of the current SEC head coaches. Who do you think is most likely to uh, to one day run for Senate? Um, hmm, let's have some fun with this. Mm-hmm. Not not Jeremy Pruitt. No, is not charismatic. Not Matt Luke. Uh, not actually, Kirby Smart in a really weird scenario. Warhead, Kirby Smart. Yeah, I guess maybe. I mean, for some reason, I keep coming back to uh, to Jimbo. It, not uh, Mullen, maybe, maybe. I don't know. He's not. He's not. He's not from around here. You know. I don't. I don't think he would connect. I, for some reason, I think Jimbo has the right personality. Yeah, Jimbo is probably. Um, I mean, Saban maybe, but he's already really old. But he can pretty much do whatever he wants in that state. Orgeron could easily be be elected in Louisiana. Orgeron, yeah, I could see Orgeron being like the governor. Of Louisiana somehow. <laughs> he could be the mayor of Bayou Labache. I think that makes sense for some reason. Um, let's see. Who, who uh, Moorhead, no. Matt Luke. You know, uh, Matt Luke's probably about third or fourth on that list. Yeah, just because he's such a native son, such a... Good know. rebel. Yeah, he really is the ultimate rebel. Um, I mean, we're talking about a state where Phil fucking Bryant's the governor. Yeah. I mean... Well, that's true. Now, governors, I think, is even like I think Saban could 100 percent be governor of Alabama. That would be like they'd be like, well, it's like making him the athletic director. They're like, well, he's we know he can run a program. He's gonna be in an administrative role, you know. I think we let we let him take over the program of the whole state, and uh, we go from there. I mean, hell, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a uh, a downgrade for the state of Alabama. After uh, their 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 last governor that had to leave office for all his dumb shit, his scandals. Um, Saban knows how to stay out of the out of the scandal press. That's for sure. Yeah, he's pretty good at that. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Definitely, definitely interested to see that uh, Tuberville platform and what he's going to try to run for in Alabama. 
Um, let's see here. You see the the. Have you been to Paris before? I, I have. Yeah, that was a terrible story yesterday. But I was happy to see today that uh, a lot of a lot of stuff seems to have survived. Um, they're talking, of course, about uh, Notre Dame Cathedral catching fire on Monday. I have been there. I I dug out my old. I didn't post them. I dug out the pictures I took when I was there back in 2013. Super cool. We toured it and all. I think a lot of people do that like the first day there in Paris. We definitely did. We we went there on the first day. Um, one of the first things we saw when we were there, um, it's just, I mean, it's really badass. It's like a, an amazing architectural accomplishment, obviously. Um, the spire is gone, the roof is gone, but it's a good thing you build those walls out of stone, you know? I think that, that paid off for sure. Um, like I said, happy to see the, uh, the, the that big stained glass window, like the rose window or something like that is, uh, apparently survived it. Um... I'm be interested to see, you know, what the origin of the fire turns out to be as they investigate it. Um, no idea, yeah. but uh, hopefully it's you know just an accident. Um, let's see, but this Ole Miss game against Memphis, it's it's still zero zero bottom of the fourth. Looks like Cooper Johnson is on second base with no outs, so hopefully they can get him in. Um, not sure what Memphis's RPI is, but you know, you can't afford to lose too many more non-conference games with uh, the ones Ole Miss has lost already. Um, uh, this is our first uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. And then they have one the week after as well. A&M is Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, and then LSU state and LSU and state are Friday through Sunday, and then they end the year, Tennessee, another Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So three of the final five series here are on that different schedule. Um, I, I guess Bianco's going to keep going. TBA on game three. Um, I think Hoagland's good. Uh, he does seem to struggle a little bit second time through the lineup. Uh, he looks a little hittable, I guess. Um so, you know, whether he's coming out of the bullpen or he's starting that game three role, you can find a way to use him. You just got to, you know, know the right time to pull him, I guess, which I think can be a problem for Bianco. I think he does leave guys in. Uh, at times, he should take him out. But that was also kind of why it was such a bummer to lose that series was because they got through game one, only pitching Etheridge, who had a really good outing, and then uh, Houston Roth, and they had so many pitchers available for the next two games. But then, you know, when you play a double, uh, double header, seven innings, it kind of takes that bullpen advantage away for sure. Because, uh, you know, like I said, Kentucky was able to use their two starters for almost for like five innings a piece in those games. Um, so despite having everyone available, they still, it, did, it didn't super matter, but the bullpen still is in decent shape. Um, I think Caracy has, has really settled down. Uh, since a couple of early and early season struggles, although he was never really like terrible by any stretch. Um, and then guys like Tyler, Tyler Meyer, Myers have been really good out of the bullpen. Um, Connor green kind of come back down to earth. I think um, after having an amazing start to a season, uh, but still a good reliable option. And then uh, Austin Miller is very steady. Um, it's great that he can find time to, uh, to be like our one of our most solid middle relievers while also being a, a guest on the show so frequently, you know. So proud of Austin. Um, Ole Miss has scored from the live stats here. It's it's one nothing now. Uh, Zabowski doubled to left field. 
Um, yeah, so Zabowski is playing uh, first base again tonight. He's spending a lot of time at DH, um, which uh, has actually worked out pretty well. Let him just focus on offense, but it probably is good to get him back into the uh, the groove at first base more because um, I'm sure he's going to be playing there down the stretch. But I really want them to figure out this whole left-handed uh, pitcher situation. They gotta they gotta figure that one out. Um, all right, John. What else? What else you want to talk about this week? Kind of bounced around and covered. Yeah, I mean it's one of those those spring episodes. Not a ton going on, honestly. See, man, it's interesting to see how they do against Auburn. Yeah, it's they, a big opportunity for a bounce back, and maybe it's another time to test that hypothesis of do they play up to to better teams? So Auburn is a is a good team. They're they're ranked and all. Yeah. There's an opportunity for them to go out and win another big series. Um, you know, hope they do. And then uh, let's see, what do they have? Is the Governor's Cup? Yeah, the Governor's Cup is uh, a week from today, April 23rd. We can talk Governor's Cup next week, uh-huh. and then we got the preview of the draft. Yep, yep. I mean, that'll give us five minutes of content at least right there. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well. uh Dig up a guest, talk about something random. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, also, uh, I I got this new. For Let's bring a, on Bedwell and talk about pop culture or whatever the hell he wants to talk about. Who'd you say, Bedwell? Or whoever. He, yeah, he's a, he's a lawyer now, so he can come on and uh, wait. I wonder if that means he can give us actual legal advice. Maybe still ill advised, but uh, yeah. yeah, we're gonna we're 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 done saying allegedly now. Uh, I think I said that last week on the show. Now that we got Bedwell to uh to protect us. Um, well, I was going to say, I got, uh, I got this Chrome extension for another project I'm working on, but I can like take audio clips of anything online, but I wish there was like more interesting things to like, there's no interviews really. Like I don't ever really want to do an audio clip of a Bianco interview or anything, but in the future, hopefully I'm hoping to add some, uh, some more primary source material into the, uh, the podcast episode. So. Hopefully something will happen that'll be the audio will be worth inserting into the episode. We'll see, um, but yeah, that would be that would be fun for me. Um, yeah, that's it. That's it, John. Another uh, another kind of football off season, basketball off season, just grinding along with baseball. Um, I really I need to make some time to uh, to try to watch softball because. Like I said, I I like watching softball. Um, I think it's the SEC softball is pretty uh pretty nice product. It's 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 fun to watch. I think, I mean, no offense, but I think softball is more watchable than than like women's college basketball, which is a little slower paced. Um, but you know, it's it's just difference of opinion. It just depends on how good your school is at it, right? Because uh, apparently, women's basketball is like the best to some people in the state. So there's that. Um, yeah. We'll call it there, guys. Obviously, um, if you want to help us out, you can visit our sponsors, uh, MyBookie and TickSplits. Use our promo codes. You can hear those at the top of the show in our ad. Um, we got a website, LanterTechTechDark.com, Twitter account. Um, rate and review us on iTunes. Helps other people find the show. Tell your friends about the show if you think they might like it. Um, and just keep listening, guys. That's that's all we can really ask you to do. Uh, John, thanks for taking the time to uh, chat with me, buddy. Uh, it was fun. Um, yeah, we'll call it there. For John, I'm Justin. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll talk to you again next week.